Chapter Four of The Burglar and the Blizzard by Alice Dewar Miller. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It was after two o'clock in the afternoon when he awoke. He must have slept three hours. He looked at the sofa and saw the girl still sleeping peacefully. He almost wished that she would never awake to all the dreadful surprises that the house held for her. Her eyelashes curved long and dark on her cheek. Geoffrey turned away quickly. He had awakened with a sudden disagreeable conviction that people have been known to smother to death in closets. He stole quietly from the library and ran upstairs with not a little anxiety. Indeed, so great was this dread that he would have been really relieved to see the closet door standing open as an immediate proof that it did not hide a corpse. It was, however, locked as he had left it, but as he hastened to undo it, a voice from within reassured him. Well, where have you been all this time? You may be thankful I am back at all. It did not look like it at one time. Where is Cecilia? Downstairs asleep. McVeigh gave a little giggle. Ah, he said, I bet you have had the devil of a time. I bet you wished once or twice that you had let me be the one to go. It wasn't child's play. Child's play? I rather think not. These things are all well enough among men, but women. He waved his hand, so sensitive, so cloistered. Your sister behaved nobly, said Geoffrey severely. Bound to, Holland, bound to. Still, it must have been a shock. It was a hard trip for any woman. McVeigh looked up. Oh, he said. I wasn't speaking of the trip. I meant about me. What did she say? She did not say anything. She went to sleep. She did not say anything when you told her I was booked for the penitentiary? Oh, said Geoffrey, and there was a slight pause. Then he added, Why should I tell her what she must know? I tell you, she knows nothing about my profession your profession hasn't a notion of it what was my sister's coat on her back and the inn's bag in her hand no mcveigh drew a step nearer you see i told her that i had found a second-hand store where i could get things for nothing he chuckled and geoffrey withdrew with a look of repulsion that evidently disappointed the other. That was a good idea, wasn't it? He asked with a faint appeal in his voice. She thought it was likely, anyhow. She must be very gullible, said Geoffrey brutally. Or else, said McVeigh with a conscious smile, I must be a pretty good dissimilar. At this acute instant of fatuity, Geoffrey, if he had followed his impulse, would have flung McVeigh back in the closet and locked the door. Instead, he said, 
Come downstairs. I want to look up something to eat. Thank you, said the burglar. It would be a good idea. You need not thank me, said Geoffrey. I don't take you with me for the pleasure of your company, but because I don't dare let you out of my sight. McVeigh, as was his habit when anything unpleasant was said, chose to ignore this speech. You know, he said, as they went downstairs, I suppose that most men shut up in a closet for all those hours would take it as a hardship, but to me it was a positive rest. I really, in a way, enjoyed it. It is one of my theories that everyone ought to have resources within. Now I dare say you were quite anxious about me. I never thought of you at all, said Geoffrey. After I got in, I went to sleep for three hours. McVeigh looked at him once or twice in surprise. Then he said with dignity, Asleep? Well, really, Holland, I don't think that was very considerate. Don't talk so loud, said Geoffrey. You will wake your sister. Geoffrey had always been in the habit of going on shooting trips at short notice, and so it was his rule to keep a supply of canned eatables in the house to be ready whenever the whim took him. On these he now depended, and was not a little annoyed to find the kitchen store room where they were kept securely locked. This difficulty, however, McVeigh made light of. He asked for his tools, and on being given them, set to work on the door. Have you ever noticed, he said, the heavy-handed way in which some men use tools? Look at my touch, so light yet so accurate. I take no credit to myself. I was born so. It is a very fortunate thing to be naturally dexterous. It would have been more fortunate for you if you had been a little less so. Oh, I don't know about that, Holland. I might have starved to death years ago. I wish to God you had, said Geoffrey. McVeigh shook his head faintly in deprecation of such violence, but otherwise preferred to pause the remark by, and they soon set to work heating soup and smoked beef, when all was ready and spread in the dining room, this was McVeigh's suggestion. He said food was unappetizing unless it were nicely served. Geoffrey said, Go and see if your sister is awake, and if she is, he added firmly, I'll give you a few minutes alone with her, so that you can explain the situation fully. McVeigh nodded and slipped into the library. Geoffrey shut the door behind him and sat down on a bench in the hall from which he could command both doors. If he entertained the doubts of her innocence, which he continually told himself no sane man could help entertaining, he found himself strangely nervous. He felt as if he were waiting outside an operating room he thought of her as he had seen her asleep, of the curve of her eyelashes on her cheek, 
of her rising those lashes awaking to be met with mcveigh's revelations even if she were guilty geoffrey found it in his heart to pity her waking to learn that her brother was a prisoner how unfortunate too would be her own position the guest if only for a few hours of a man who was concerned only to lodge her brother in jail his heart gave a distinct thump when the library door opened and they came out together his eyes turned to her face at once and found it unperturbed didn't she care or had she always known mcveigh caught his arm when she had passed them by and whispered glibly thought it was better to wait until she had had something to eat chalk on an empty stomach so bad so hard to bear geoffrey shook his arm free you infernal coward he whispered back well i like that retorted mcveigh you didn't tell her yourself when you had the chance it wasn't my affair i did not tell her because oh i know mcveigh interrupted with a chuckle <laughs> i have been knowing why for the last ten minutes they followed her into the dining room it was not a sumptuous repast to which they sat down but geoffrey asked nothing better he was sitting opposite to her a position evidently decreed him by fate from the beginning of time he could look at her and now and then in spite of her delicious reluctance could force her to meet his eyes when this happened nothing was ever more apparent than that for both of them a momentous event had occurred she was almost completely silent and as for him his responses to the general conversation which mcveigh kept attempting to set up were so entirely mechanical that he was scarcely aware of them himself it was she who suddenly remembered that it was christmas day and this is our christmas dinner observed mcveigh regretfully oh no returned the girl this is luncheon i'll cook your dinner you'll see there was a pause geoffrey looked at mcveigh the moment for disillusioning her had manifestly come wherever they might next meet it would not be at his dinner table a hateful vision of a criminal court rose before him miss mcveigh he said gravely indifferent to the signals of warning which the other man was directing toward him we shall not be here at dinner your brother will tell you my reasons for wishing to start down the mountain now at once she colored slowly and deeply the only evidence of anger i do not need any other reason than your wish that we should go she said rising i should thank you for having borne with us so long upon my word holland it is madness to start as late as this said mcveigh it will be dark in an hour she turned on her brother quickly please say no more about the matter billy she said we will start at once 
you won't start if it means certainly freezing to death he remonstrated she flashed a glance at geoffrey who had also risen and was trying to compel the truth from mcveigh by a stern steady glance i would she answered and shut the door behind her mcveigh sprang up and was about to follow her when geoffrey stopped him one moment he said you are quite right it is too late to start to-night we must stay here until to-morrow but if we are to spend a night here without your sisters being told my dear holland think of her position if we did tell her i grant that the information had better be withheld until just as we are starting but in that case i must i know what you are going to ask my word of honour not to escape i give it i give it willingly i'm not going to ask for anything at all said geoffrey i'm going to tell you one or two things and i advise you to pay attention we won't have any nonsense at all remember i am armed and i'm a quick man with a gun there may be some quicker but not in the east and it wasn't in the east i got my training you will always keep in front of me where i can see you plainly and you will never under any circumstances come nearer than six feet to me if you should ever come nearer than that or take a sudden step in my direction i would shoot you just as sure as i stand here mcveigh looked distinctly crestfallen oh come holland he said isn't that the least little bit exaggerated you would not shoot me before my own sister i would not like to but there are things i should dislike even more and having you escape is one of them the other thought it over the trouble is he explained that i am impulsive you must have noticed it i get carried away you know how i am i am not at all sure that i shall remember i advise you to try for this is the only warning you will get i cannot believe holland that you would really shoot me in cold blood in the presence of my own sister you had better behave as if you believed it i don't like this argument mcveigh broke out peevishly suppose for the sake of argument that i did forget that i put my hand on your shoulder a very natural gesture i should shoot instantly but fancy the shock to cecilia not more of a shock perhaps than discovering that you are a thief and another thing it may be very gay and amusing to be forever fooling about the subject but i advise you against it it does not amuse me oh be honest holland it does it must amuse you it is essentially amusing it won't amuse her or you either when she finds out that you are not only a thief but that you have been able to find amusement in deceiving her again mcveigh's gaiety seemed momentarily dashed very true he said i had not thought of that 
But then, he added more brightly, who can tell if it will actually fall to my lot to tell her? Things happen so strangely. It may turn out that that is your part. It may, said Geoffrey, but only because I have had to shoot after all. With which he opened the door and they returned to the library. End of chapter 4